Hi, my name is Dylan Kyle. I'm one of the co-founders of Kronos, and you're listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. Uh, it's a special episode t- today. Uh, you know that we do get some of the, the best guests from around the world. Uh, they share with us their journey and their guidance to help us as indie app developers, business owners, entrepreneurs. So whatever you're doing in terms of your life, your business, your entrepreneurial journey, then uh, this is the podcast for you. So today, today is great. Um We've overcome some technical difficulties, and I am doing this for the first time, a podcast on Google Hangouts, and uh, it's with Melanie Dodero. Melanie Dodero, she is the founder of Top Dog Social Media, and she is the author of the LinkedIn Code, and that is uh, launched on the 3rd of June, so that's a book that I highly recommend. You go and uh, look up on Amazon and buy that now, but uh, in terms of uh, Melanie, I just wanted to wish you a warm welcome to the App Guy podcast. Thank you, Paul. And uh, first of all, well, whereabouts are you? I believe you're you're um, flying in to uh, speak at a conference. Yeah, I uh, I just came back from speaking at, a, at an event in Calgary, Alberta, and now I'm actually this morning I flew into a place called Fort St. John, uh, British Columbia. It's a northern part in BC where I've never been before. And they have good internet there, obviously. Yes, they do, fortunately. That's <laughs> <laughs> a, a requirement, I think. Although, you know, how do you find the, the flights? They must be uh, quite challenging, given that uh, we can't get Wi-Fi for a couple of hours when we're on a flight. Yeah, it's, it is challenging when you're addicted to being on the internet all the time. I mean, I'm the last person to shut off my phone and the first one to turn it on on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we love people that love uh, iPhones and smartphones. That's what our business is all about. So, Melanie, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, for people that haven't come across you online or through social media, um, could you give us just uh, you know, in a few minutes uh, some uh, your background and uh, where you came from and what, what attracted you to this online space? Yeah, I um, I about let's see, about 17 years ago, I left um, a, a job that I had in a in a corporate environment, and decided that I just was not employable anymore, and and walked out, and started my own business uh, a few months later uh, after doing some research and whatnot, and I actually my first business was a weight loss center, and this was in, on the other side of the country in Ontario. In Canada, and I started one. Um, a couple of years later, opened up a second one. I ended up selling those and moving out west to the nicer part of the country, and opened up several out here. And about in 2007, I sold all of them and wrote a book. And when I wrote the book, I had had a lot of experience with marketing my businesses because I had been doing that for like 15 years, and uh, just didn't really know exactly how to market a book. And this was around the time that you know I started diving into social media personally, and saw the opportunity in utilizing this business building tool. And so uh, I really just kind of became a full time student for a while, studying everything I could about online marketing and social media, and really you know 
got into it. It, it, it took me a while. I wasn't the quickest learner because, um, you know, these were new tools to me. I had done ton, tons of traditional marketing, but never anything online. So uh, once I started having a lot of success with it, I had a lot of people reaching out and asking me for their for help, and that's what inspired me to start my company, Top Dog Social Media. And from there, uh, I really became well known as a LinkedIn expert because I spent a lot of time speaking at events on LinkedIn, writing about LinkedIn. Obviously, now publishing my book, The LinkedIn Code. And the reason I, I liked it is because it's really truly the only business social network that's focused 100% on business. And if you're looking to use social media as a business building tool, it just makes sense to use the one that, you know, is strictly, you know, for that purpose. Not to mention LinkedIn's 277% more effective for lead generation than Facebook or Twitter. So, um, it just it was it was a simple, you know, kind of call for me to to really focus a lot of my attention and time on that network. Yeah, it's really, really, it's really interesting, it. actually, it, it's Melanie. It's definitely not as fun as Facebook or Twitter, and it's not meant to be. It's meant to produce tangible business results for people. Yeah, what's really interesting is that uh, there's a lot of app developers who connect via LinkedIn. Uh, they, uh, you know, lead generation, I get quite a few requests uh, to check out developers, uh, uh, the services, and uh, ironically, 2007, I'm trying to uh, cast my mind back to 2007. I've got this wonderful app on my iPhone. Maybe you've got it as well called Time Hop. Time Hop, and it, it basically hops back in time, checks out your feeds from uh, uh, one year ago or two years ago, exactly, you know, on the spot, on the year. And I'm now getting for the first time this week uh, posts that I put onto Facebook in 2007. I think, well, set, sorry, seven years ago. Yeah. So uh, I think that's when I started using social media. Um, it was so different back then, wasn't it? Uh, it really was. It's, it's definitely changed and evolved um, substantially since then. So uh, I'd, I, I guess we've seen the evolution of LinkedIn. Um, let me tell you how I think uh, app developers are using LinkedIn and how I, you, you can then give us some guidance on whether you think this is right or wrong. Uh, I get these cold call approaches, you know, please uh, try our services. We'll uh, give you 40 hours of uh, app development for free. Uh, and, uh, you know, just people um, constantly trying to connect and then immediately pitch their services. Uh, I usually dismiss those uh, opportunities. Uh, is it is it the environment to send out cold call messages to people within groups or within, um, you know, the, the direct messaging system? Great question, Paul. That's exactly what I teach people not to do. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, LinkedIn is a phenomenal tool for connecting with targeted prospects for whatever it is that you offer and then building a relationship with them. And one of the things that I talk about in my book and, and when I'm speaking at events is it's a great tool to build relationships and you don't ever want to sell on online necessarily unless you're selling, you know, a uh, a really low-priced product, but if you're trying to pitch somebody on something, um, you know, typically that's going to be that's going to transition to a phone call, especially if you want to pitch somebody to promote your stuff. You know, you that you need to have a phone call with them. So that's where you you know find out a little bit more about what's going on with them and, and whether they're a good fit, and then you know offer whatever it is that you want to make an offer for. But I think that that the problem is is that many people 
you know, really kind of rush to the sale, and they're they're trying to sell or pitch whatever it is you know that they're they're trying to achieve with that particular person uh, way too quickly. So you know, a couple more um, messages of building some value and some rapport before you you know try to even start mentioning anything would be ideal. There's a good saying that says, "Slow down the sale to speed up the sale." And that's one of the mistakes that people make every day on LinkedIn. If somebody doesn't know you and you're just pitching them right off the bat, you know, you're just being flagged and marked as a spammer. I, I'm, I'm actually writing that down. Slow down the sales, speed up the sell. And uh, I'm going to be using that from now on. That's fantastic. And so uh, it, in terms of um, getting requests to connect, do you just connect with everybody who sends you an invite to connect? Well, I don't, um, and so what I suggest to people is, <clears throat> unless you can think of a reason not to connect with that person, you know, for example, uh, they look like a fake account, you know, they've maybe only got, you know, three connections and no picture, and you're not even sure who they are, they look like they might be a spammer, I mean, if there's a legitimate reason why you can see that you shouldn't connect with that person, then don't. If you can't really think of a reason not to connect with somebody, it doesn't hurt to connect with them. You can always remove them at a later date if you find out that they start spamming you or something like that. But with every single person you connect with, it's actually a win-win. Because people can only find you on LinkedIn, and you can only find others on LinkedIn if you're part of their first, second, or third degree network, or a member of the same group. So the more connections you have, the larger your opportunity is to be both found and to find others. And do you actually um, sort of advise on the paid uh, LinkedIn ads? Because uh, I remember when they first came out and they seemed quite expensive at the time, you know, per click. I think the the minimum, uh, the last time I looked at LinkedIn ads were, was about $2. Does paid advertising on LinkedIn work for you? You know, paid advertising is really, is really costly on LinkedIn. And here's what I've found is the uh, sponsored posts are one thing. If you've got a company page and you're sponsoring posts, you can, you know, you can drive some traffic uh, to wherever, depending on how you position the content, if you've got the right content mix and you've targeted it properly, a sponsored post can be good. Again, that's pretty, it's pretty costly too per click. But uh, the regular basic LinkedIn ads, what I've found is that using LinkedIn self-serve model, which is where you go in and set up your own ads and, you know, you select what you want to put in there and the parameters and of who should see them and so forth, you end up getting bottom of the barrel placement. So in order to get effective um, ad placement on LinkedIn, you actually need to use a LinkedIn account rep. And in order to do that, you have to have a minimum ad spend of $10,000. Right. So really then for a majority of us listening, uh, that's a, a budget that's probably beyond what we'd like to spend. And uh, do, you, do you, I mean, do you find a lot of, uh, I guess, down, I mean, Facebook's being used for downloads of apps. So I'm thinking the successful launch of Candy Crush. Candy Crush was all over, you know, people's timelines. They were heavily spending uh, on Facebook ads. But I, I really cannot remember that any time seeing a, an ad for an app on LinkedIn. Um, do, do, do Is that fair? Is, you know, do apps... Uh, yeah, um... I haven't either, but you know it would be worth exploring the sponsored posts on a company page if you if you've got an app and you've got a 
you know, an, a company page uh, to represent your app and you're creating some consistent content and you, you really identify the target market for that for that app, you know, you could potentially have some some good leverage using the sponsored posts similar to the sponsored posts on Facebook. That's what that is versus the placement of the ads, you know, off to the side or banner ads. Um, so it would be worth trying, and you can you know do as little as you know twenty or thirty dollars just to test it out. All right, that's great. That's great advice. Yeah, so doing the company as a sponsored ad, and uh, uh, bringing traffic in that way, um, and just uh, putting in a small budget and seeing what the uh, the appetite is. Uh, okay. Um, have you have you been have you got an iPad at all? Have you been playing around with the LinkedIn uh, new apps that have, have been coming out? I think they've been really uh, quite aggressively updating their their app, uh, LinkedIn app. And uh, yeah, what what do you think to it? Yeah, I've got an iPhone and an iPad. I uh, <clears throat> I tend to use my iPhone more than my iPad, strangely enough. Um, and one of the problems with the app uh, for LinkedIn, it, this is interesting because one of the things that I basically say now is, you know, if somebody wants to connect with me on LinkedIn, if I'm speaking at an event like I'm going to be speaking tomorrow, I'll tell people, you know, you're welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn. However, I just ask that you send me a personalized note to let me know, you know, that you heard me speak at this event so I know that, you know, you're somebody that I should accept because sometimes they might not have a picture or their profile might not be fully done where I wouldn't normally accept them and I don't want to exclude them. So I'll, I'll ask them to personalize that note. And I'll get a ton of people that will send me this panicked message right afterwards saying, oh my goodness, Melanie, I'm so sorry. I, I sent you a connection request and it didn't allow me to personalize the note. And that's because they sent it through an app, either through an iPhone or an oh, iPad. Yes, that's right. When you hit the connect on an iPhone, there it just literally hits. It gives you a tick and it's like this person has now received a request. You can't personalize it. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's something that they need to work on to improve their app because, uh, you know, that that's just not good. I, I strongly recommend that everybody personalizes their connection request messages and it doesn't even allow it. Yeah, I, I actually, I'm glad that's one tick in the book that I get <laughs> that I'm doing something right because when I uh, request a connection on LinkedIn, I just say it's usually it's for my guests and uh, typically it's... Uh, uh, you know, just putting that uh, this is in relation to the podcast call. So, and I think 90% of the people I approach, uh, because I specifically say uh, what it's about, then they uh, typically accept the request. Um, is it worth having a paid account? For all those people listening uh, that are, are using LinkedIn, uh, the free version, is it worth upgrading? There's three reasons why somebody might consider to upgrade. <clears throat> the first one is that you can see every single person that's viewed your profile versus in a free account only the last five. The second one is you can send what's called in-mails. So let's say you're not connected to somebody, they're not in your network, you're not a member of the same group, you want to send them a message, you can actually send them what's called an in-mail and it's, it's part of the premium accounts. And then the third reason is it gives you, a, if you're using LinkedIn as a, a business building tool and you're really starting to reach out to, you know, specific people that you want to be connected to for whatever reason that might be, um, <clears throat> and you want to you want to narrow down the criteria to um, some very specific things, like for example, let's say for example you wanted to reach out to people in, you know, Fortune 500 companies, or you wanted to 
you know, only be connecting with a com people in a company that had, you know, X amount of employees, 10,000 or more employees. This is just some, some examples. Those particular criterias of, of dialing down the advanced search are not available in a free account. So those are the three primary reasons that the people that I work with <clears throat> will tend to upgrade to uh, a premium account if, that, if they are important to them or need them for whatever reason. Many people are are always fine with a free account, so it's you know certainly not everybody that needs uh, to upgrade. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, on my iPhone uh, for Twitter, I use um, a third-party app called Tweetbot. Uh, I find it so much better than the Twitter official version, uh, the official app. Um, with uh, Facebook, the same. I use a third-party app. I'm thinking that uh, with all the indie app developers listening, there, there's there really needs to be. Uh, a third-party app for LinkedIn that gives us that ability to send a request uh, and actually personalize it. So um, that is possible, um, I, I, but I just I can't I can't think of an app that does that. So I just feel that you know third-party apps uh, they tend to overcome all these problems and they just make it a lot easier to use than ironically than the native app that uh, uh, that the big companies release. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's, you know, the ability to um, message people and post in groups and do all other kinds of things that are a little bit more challenging. Um, you know, on LinkedIn, if you wanted to do that, if, well, if you found a, a if you found an article that you wanted to post, for example, you could like literally just post that in 50 groups at one time if you wanted to. Um, but if you wanted to start a discussion in, you know, a few different groups all at one time. You have to go to each group individually. So there's a lot of different things that there aren't a ton of apps for LinkedIn. There's a couple, um, but not a lot. Well, I, I feel like we're going through a checklist, and here is our app idea. And uh, you know, we could start building this. Um, so uh, this is the perfect podcast to, to get in a wish list of what we need for LinkedIn, a LinkedIn third-party app, and uh, then we can really go ahead and, and improve it. So. Um, I'm getting this list. Uh, so it's the ability to message, uh, the ability to message pe people within groups. You know, the thing that I uh, don't like with the app, uh, given that we're on this topic, is uh, when you it constantly first, I think there's a synchronization problem because um, I've already checked, you know, my inbox on my desktop or uh, my iPad. And then my iPhone is showing like a badge with about three or four different, uh, you know, emails. And uh, I know that I've checked all those. So I have to go into the app. Uh, just click on the messages, and then um, I know that, that they've gone, and I've read them. So it's it's just forced me to go into the app, you know, under false pretenses. <laughs> so I wish there was a fix for that. And also, when I go into the app, I don't want to see the news feed. I don't want to see the update immediately. I just want to go straight into my, um, you know, messages or straight into my notifications. I don't really want to, you know, be forced into the timeline. And uh, I think the reason they're doing that is because they're trying to, you know, I, I guess copy to some extent, the, the Twitter and the Facebook news feeds. Do you, do you agree that there's a lot of copying there? For yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. Um, also, because people are paying for sponsored posts now and stuff like that, if they weren't promoting the timeline, um, the news feed basically for people to see that. Yeah, I think that, you know, the reason why when you uh, use the LinkedIn app, you end up in, in the news feed versus, you know, in your messages or wherever you'd like to be is 
because of the, the introduction of sponsored posts uh, to LinkedIn company pages, which happened about, I think, a year or so ago, um, it, you know, would they be doing their advertisers a disservice if they weren't actually showing them? Yeah, you know, one of the things, Melanie, that I also, um, I, d I don't want this to be a rant against LinkedIn because LinkedIn is extremely powerful. You've built your business around LinkedIn. And so I feel like uh, I shouldn't be going, you know, too negative with the comments about the app. But I do think that LinkedIn has fallen behind to some extent. I mean, it must be 40 to 50% of its traffic must be using uh, smartphone devices. I mean, I'm pretty sure that a lot of us have switched now uh, to uh, using Facebook on, on our iPhones and smartphones and, uh, you know, same with Twitter. But with LinkedIn, it just feels like a little bit, um, uh, I guess, strange in that I when I go, for example, to search for you, it's not apparent how I get to the, all the things that you've been posting and all the different groups, all the open groups, you know, your newsfeed, your kind of like uh, timeline. And it just seems it seems a little bit challenging. I, I, it doesn't feel intuitive. Is that fair? Absolutely. I would say the LinkedIn app is probably one of the most poorest apps of, of all the different apps that are out there. And so there's a lot of opportunity for improvement of it or for third-party apps. So there you go to uh, everyone listening. Um, you've had the uh, Melanie Dodero the, uh, from Top Dog Social Media talking about how we need a better app. And if she says it, then there must be a, a huge appetite for people to um, you know, download some third party app. And, uh, and even those apps are we're prepared, we're prepared to pay for them because they're, um, you know, they fulfill a purpose. Uh, do you yeah, exactly. I, I rarely use the LinkedIn app. I, I tend to do most of my LinkedIn activities from my desktop. Yeah, which is crazy, you know, given that you said you're you're one of the first people to pick up the phone and the last to put it to, you know, put it down. And so you're using your phone yeah. in your life for all these other things. And yet for the most important thing, you know, your LinkedIn business, you're using the desktop still, which uh, seems a little bit old fashioned. So, Melanie, this is the App Guy podcast. We just love talking about apps and uh, one of my favorite questions is uh, to understand what phone you carry and uh, could you give us uh, some recommendations to apps, apps we may not have come across before, some some new ones perhaps, you know, just give us what, what, what are your favorite uh, apps that you could recommend to us? <laughs> okay, um, well, I would say for, from a social media standpoint, the one that I use consistently is Sprout Social. Um, Sprout Social is a, a paid um, social media management tool that also has an app that, um, and I really like the app. Uh, of course, I do ninety percent of my Facebook and Twitter stuff through my iPhone through the apps. Um, I love Evernote, so I've got Evernote connected, you know, via all my devices, and it's wonderful to just, you know, be on my iPhone and, and typing notes into there and have them everywhere. So I love that. Uh, what else do I use? Let's see. Oh, you know, I just remembered I have the Skype app on my phone. We could have tried that today. Right, okay, there you go. Uh, you know, I have uh, I have uh, done a couple of interviews with some entrepreneurs, and whilst they're driving, uh, they're on their Skype. And I just feel that, uh, unfortunately, you have to be in, a, a, uh, I guess, a static position. Uh, it doesn't seem to work yeah. very well when you're driving. Yeah. And then for fun, uh, there's this really fun little app that I have called Heads Up. 
that my friends and I will play sometimes where you actually put your iPhone on your forehead and like it's almost like a little charades thing. They have to guess what you're doing, what you are, <laughs> or whatever it is that you're acting out. Now, Melanie, you're um, just you're massaging my ego here because you know that I've got an app that uh, does that same thing. Is it called Heads Up? Uh, no, it's not. Uh, I took inspiration oh. from I took inspiration from Heads Up, and uh, it's one of my weaker apps, I have to say. But it is an app, and uh, it's called uh, uh, Rizzler Head. Uh, because that's the UK name for uh, Heads Up. It's called Rizzle Ahead. And uh, it was just okay. a bit of fun. I ended up developing it within probably four hours and putting it out there. And uh, uh, it's not seen the same success as uh, Heads Up, but uh, I, bl I blame the marketing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's, uh, that's always a fun one for sure. <laughs> well, I'll have to check out yours too, Paul. Uh, well, I've just given you my worst app, and uh, I knew I, I shouldn't have said that because you're going to have a look at it and think, uh, what an awful app developer here. Is this the best he can do? But it's a bit of fun, and uh, it only took me four hours. So, uh, mind you, saying that, one of the most popular apps at the moment, and I've mentioned it a few times, is Lyft. And uh, I heard the story of this the other day, and it only took him four hours to actually get the first working version of Lyft, uh, which is a um, a, a personal coaching type of app so uh, yeah it's if you're good at what you do I guess you can squeeze it down to um, improve uh, improve the app uh, so yeah that's a good collection Melanie thanks for sharing that um, you know is there any final thoughts I mean I, I, I'm conscious we spent a lot of time talking about LinkedIn it's obviously important to us in terms of how we market our apps and how we market our businesses but uh, do you have any Final thoughts before we say goodbye and, and, and just giving advice to, to people out there who, you know, are either thinking about starting their own thing, uh, trying to uh, market them, their businesses, their apps on small budgets. Uh, what, what could you suggest? Well, I'll, I'll bring that to you back to LinkedIn because one of the things that you need to realize about LinkedIn is LinkedIn is a, a big representation of your personal brand. And, and whether you're an employee right now or you're an entrepreneur, you're whatever you are, um, whatever you are is going to evolve and change over the years. And by having a strong network on LinkedIn, building that over time, making sure you have a, a you know professional presence that looks good that can change and evolve at any time. Uh, that network that you build on LinkedIn, that you can continue to build, can produce exponential you know, rewards for you over the years because as you grow it, um, regardless of whether your business evolves, again, remember what I said about you know that first, second, third degree network. If somebody's ever looking for you and what you do, it's going to be so much easier for them to find you the larger that your network is. And so take care of that personal brand that you have because you know that's going to be something that is going to be important at some point in time if it's not already. And so why not start growing and building that now? Building a, a high quality you know, database of, of connections. I don't see LinkedIn going anywhere for a very long time. It's probably one of the most reliable, stable social media sites that exists, one with probably the longest longevity out of everything that I've seen out there. So uh, I would strongly recommend that you um, you build that personal brand for yourself so that you can take that and leverage that in anything that you do going forward. 
well, I mean, I have to say thanks for picking up on that, uh, I guess, that topic of personal branding. It's been something that has been a theme throughout these uh, 104-odd episodes that we've done on the App Guide podcast. And in previous sessions, we, we spoke about the need perhaps for your own domain name, uh, your name that is, you know, a domain name, and also uh, the growing trend to have an app about yourself. If you are an online personality and you have a following, uh, we've often discussed the need to have your own app as well. Is that is that something you've heard people talk about or a need in the market? Um, you know, I haven't really given that a lot of thought, but I'm definitely open to ideas about that. <laughs> yeah, and I just think that um, you know, you t- uh, we've heard people say how difficult it is sometimes to follow their you know, their favorite uh, uh, content marketers or people that are pushing out some fantastic content because the content, you know, can uh, c- can be in different apps that we don't tend to use. You know, we talked about not going into the LinkedIn app on our iPhone. But uh, I just think that if you had uh, an app about, you know, for example, yourself, then people know that they can just download that and get all of your content. You own it. It's, you know, it's in your location and they can get all your access to all the social media feeds and uh, updates. And then, of course, the ultimate, which is push notifications through to the phone, instant messages when there's updates. You know, when you're in uh, like a certain location, you could instantly push a notification out to say, hey, I'm in Calgary today. And you push that out to the people uh that have downloaded your uh, app and are based in Calgary or are currently visiting Calgary. So, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of potential for apps and uh, personal branding. Uh, well, I like that idea, Paul. We should chat about that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, that's always good. And uh, I, I'm very passionate about that particular idea. And uh, we've had a lot of you know people, people and interest in that. So, Melanie, uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. How best can we connect with you? What's the best way of reaching out to you? If, I'm sure you've inspired a lot of us. You've inspired me. How, uh, how can we best reach out and connect with you? TopDogSocialMedia.com is my website, and and from that site, uh, there's you know easy access to any of my social media sites as well. Um, to find out more about my book, TheLinkedInCo.com. Well, Melanie, I have to say thank you very much. I know that you're uh, very busy and you've flown in and you're, you're doing, a, you know, the keynote speak and spe- uh, speech. Uh, I just want to thank you personally for coming on the App Guy podcast and uh, for being a great sport and for being the first of the 104 interviews that is on Google uh, Google Hangouts. So thank you very much. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy Podcast. 